Good morning, good chodesh. Today's daf is daf Ayn Aleph. I'm going to go from the second last line of Ayn Amud Beis 70b. And today's shiz Le'ilu Nishmas Ben Zion Ben Ze'ev Avram Alevi. May he have an Aliyah and a Shoma and may his memory be a blessing. So yesterday we started a discussion. Well, I mean, it's continuing the discussion of Bitzel Roshush. Remember that if someone forgets to join in the Eruv, and then on Shabbos they want to carry, he can bittle his Roshush, he can relinquish his rights to someone else, and they can, uh, and then and then the other people can carry it. It's as if he's given up his property in the Chotzer. So now the Gemara asks, can an heir, can a Yoresh, do bittle Roshush? I, if the father or the whoever it was, it doesn't have to necessarily be a father, but if someone died on Shabbos and then this person received this house in the Chotzer, can he do Bitur Rishus? Again, obviously we were discussing a case where the father forgot to do, or the, the, the Moirish, the Bequita forgot to do Bitur, forgot to make the Eruv on Erev Shabbos. So then, and then uh, his Niftar, can the Yoresh, the person who now gets his property, do bittle do we say that only someone who could do make the Eruv can do bittle whereas this person could not do bittle because he wasn't uh, he didn't have any rights in the courtyard in the first he couldn't make the Eruv because he didn't have rights in the first in the courtyard in the first place so he shouldn't be allowed to do bittle or do we say no um, he's just an extension of the person who he's inheriting from he's just filling their place they could do, make the Eruv and do Bittal. So now he can also do Bittal. So Rav Nachman came along and said, yes, he can do Bittal. A Yoresh can do Bittal. So the Gemara is challenging that. So it's going to bring a brighter, which is quite cryptic, as we'll see. And then the Gemara will analyze it. And through that, we will come up with our challenge on Rav Nachman, who says that an heir can do, can mevatel, can do Bittal Rishos. So Toshma, come in here, second last line of 70b. Toshma, come in here, Yisrael v'geshruim b'megura achas. If you have a Jew and a convert living in one complex. Now, umeis hager and they didn't get a chance to do the Eruv. Why are we mentioning a ger? As we'll see, a convert is the only person who would never have, who, who is possible to not have an heir. If a convert dies without children, he has no heir. What happens to his property? Anyone First come, first serve. Whoever goes and makes a king and on it gets it. So you have this convert and this person living in a complex. And the ger dies on Erev Shabbos. Even if a Jew takes hold of his property, another Jew. So here's a third person, not the resident of the complex. Remember you have this ger and, this, and the resident. Another Jew comes and takes hold of his property. Asur. You can't carry there. If he takes hold of it, I the ger. Sorry, one second. Um, yeah. If they had already made an eruv and then the ger is nich, uh, is niftar, even although another Jew doesn't take hold of it, it does not become osir. Now the Gemara is going to point out that this P even implies that the other case is obvious, which both scenarios don't really make sense. Let's see it inside. The price seems to contradict itself. He says, We said, 
if the gear dies on Friday, even though he did not take, no, even though someone else did not take um, possession of the gear's property. Now, what's FLP? Even although the loimi boy and obviously, if no one took um, possession, I, again, if you say even if someone took possession of the gear's property, that's implying. Obviously, if someone did not take possession, but other But if no one took possession of the gas property, it shouldn't be also. That's backwards. Again, remember when would it be also to carry in a chotzer if there are two owners, and therefore two people have rights in the chotzer. If you have the gear dying on Friday and no one taking possession of the gas property. Again, you have the gear dying on, on Friday and no one taking possession of the gear's property. Who has rights in this chotzer? Only the one other person, only the original, the other member of the complex. So, um, so why would it be awesome for him to carry? So, Rapopa says, yeah, change it from even if he took, if someone did take possession to even if someone did not take possession. The Gemara asks a very obvious question on that. It says, well, but the Mishnah, the Brisa says, even if he takes possession. The Brisa doesn't say even if he did not take possession. It says even if someone did take possession. So, this is how you have to understand the Brisa. Even if someone did not take possession of the Gez property while it was Friday, he only took possession of the Gez property once it was nightfall. Now what should the halacha be if someone took possession of the Gez property? So since it started Shabbos that the resident could carry, even though now on Shabbos a second person has taken possession of the other house in the courtyard, he should still be allowed to carry. But since we say that other person could take possession of it while it was still day, also it's forbidden to carry there. So what are we saying? Strictly speaking, if no one took possession of the guest property on Friday and it became Shabbos, since at the start of Shabbos this other resident could carry, we would say so to the whole of Shabbos. But since theoretically the person who comes along and takes possession of the guest's property could take possession on Friday, we say that it's also even though he took possession on Shabbos. That's the ratio. That's how to understand the first point of the Mishnah. Now we're going to move on to the second point of the Mishnah. So we said, If the ger died, again, after making an Eruv, the ger died on Shabbos, even if another Jew does not take possession of it, it's not Osur. Now the Gemara says, You're telling me that even if another Jew does not take possession of it, and obviously if another Jew did take possession of it. So the Gemara asks, It, makes, it doesn't make sense to say if no one took possession of it, he would remain, obviously it's Mutar, um, it would make more sense to say if no one took possession of it. Sorry, sorry, not if no one took possession of it. If someone did take possession of it, that it would be also. Why would it be also if someone took possession of it? Because now you have two rights, two people of that thing, and the Chotzer has two, the 
two different people have rights in the chotzen, and therefore they shouldn't be allowed to carry. Again, so this price sounds backwards. It seems to say that um, if no one took possession of it, then it would be mutar to carry. Okay, that, that makes sense. But it says avalpi, implying that even if someone did take possession of it, you could still carry. But if someone did take possession of it, that's when it should be a problem to carry. So Omar Papa Emma Afalpi Sheikh Sarah Papa says switch it from if they didn't take possession of the guest property to if they did take possession. So we're going to ask again the obvious question. This is why Afalpi Sheikh But the Mishnah, the Brisa says the obvious. I, you come along and tell me that the, the Brisa doesn't make sense because it says Lohirzik. Sarah Papa says, okay, so say Hirzik. Can't just correct it like that. That's the exact opposite of what it said. So Hachi this is how you have to read the Brisa. Even though he took possession of it once it was dark. Since he could not take possession of it while it was still day, he does not oiser it. Again, so the Ger died on Shabbos. On Erev Shabbos, could anyone take the Ger's property? No, he was still alive. So the Eruv remains in effect at the start of Shabbos. And when this other person comes and takes possession of the Ger's property, well, he doesn't make the property also because it was already Mutar. Now we're going to bring our questions. So again, why did we bring this complicated Brisa? To try disprove Rav Nachman who said that an heir can do Bittu Rishos, relinquish his rights. Now again, remember, this someone who takes possession of a Ger's property, for all intents and purposes, is the same as a Ger. Now that's what the Gemara's, he says, Af, um, Katani Mias Reisha, we said in the Reisha, the first part of the Brisa Osur, right? that if a Ger died and then someone took possession of the Ger's property, he's not, they're not allowed to carry in that property on Shabbos. She says, Amai Oiser, why are they not allowed to carry in that property? Nivtol, let the new owner just do Betel Rishus, and then the other person can carry. She says, My Oiser, so he says, You're right. My Oiser, Diktani, Achi, Votel. You're right. When it said Oiser, it meant until you did Betel. I, the status quo of the property, again, you had two, pe you had two people, a Jew and a Ger, sharing a complex. The Ger died and someone took possession of that Ger's property. What's the status quo? That they can't carry. And that's what he means. Also, they can't carry. But obviously, he could come along and do Biturushus. So that's how Abaya answers it. Sorry, that's how Rav Nachman would answer it. Rabbi Yochanan's going to give a totally different type of answer. Why this price is not a question on Rav Nachman. He says, Rabbi Yochanan, Omer Manisin Mani, who's actually the author of our Mishnah, Beishamahi, the Omri ain't Bitorushus Beishabbos. It's Beishamahi, you say you can't do Bitorushus on Shabbos. Ditnan, as we learned in our Mishnah, Me'almos, I know him Rishus. When can you give your Rishus? When can you relinquish your rights to other people in the, in the courtyard? Beishamahi, Omri, Mi, Beishamahi, Beishil, Omri, Mi, Shetishchach. Beis Hillel say even on Shabbos and Beis Shammai say, sorry, Beis Shammai say only on Friday and Beis Hillel say even on Shabbos. I, that we, we've always taken this for granted that the huge novelty of Bittu Rishus is that you can do it on Shabbos. You forgot to join in the Eruv, so you relinquish your right so that the rest of the people can carry in the Chotzer. Beis Shammai actually argue on that point. So this Brisa which says, implies very strongly that if this person did not do Bittu Rishus before Shabbos or did not join in the Eruv before Shabbos, you cannot carry in the courtyard. That fits in very easily with Reish Lokish, which is how Rabbi Yochanan explains it.
sorry, not Reish Lakish, but Beis Shammai. Okay, now the Gemara, we're going on to new point. Omar, Ula, my time at the Beis Hillel. What's the reasoning behind Beis Hillel? Why can you do bitterishes even on Shabbos? I guess there are a few dimensions to this question, but just one is, firstly, all the other laws of Eruv, we say the status as it is when you start Shabbos, remains for the whole of Shabbos. If it starts off Shabbos that you're allowed to carry there, even if the Eruv gets eaten or something happens to it, generally the rule is it remains mutar. If it started off that you can't carry, even if subsequently it's in, the situation somehow is improved, you generally can't. So why should you be allowed to change that status on Shabbos with Bitur Rishus? And I was just thinking maybe a second aspect is we generally, and this, this is something, a big discussion to go into behind this whole piece of Bitur Rishus, is you're generally not allowed to do, we'll touch on it a bit further down the page, you're generally not allowed to do transactions on Shabbos. That's, I'm sure you've all heard, you can't do business, we don't give things, we don't receive things, etc. So, so what's the reason behind Beis Hillel? So he gives, so Ulla gives a very interesting answer. He says, It's like the case which says, go look for the best ones. In Baba Metziah, it's discussing, you can ask someone, general, the owner has to be the one to separate the truma from the grain. He's allowed to send someone to separate truma from grain. What happens if he sends someone and he doesn't specify what quality grain is it? What's a class one, class two, or class three grain that he wants? So the person goes, he uses his uh, own uh, guess, and he separates some grain for the truma. When the owner hears about that, he says to him, you could have even taken better quality. That shows that the owner is happy with the person's who separated the truma, and it would be a good separation of truma. Now, but what, how do we know when the person actually separates the truma? There's no, we don't know that that's what the owner wants. Maybe the owner wanted him to take lower grade grain for the truma. And therefore, um, therefore, when he comes along and he tells the owner which grain he separated truma from, and the owner says, oh, I'm really happy with that. We're kind of saying retroactively that becomes good truma. So we would say the same thing here. When a person does bitul rishus on Shabbos, he's retroactively showing that his whole intent was from the beginning that people could carry in the courtyard. And that's why bitul rishus works. So Omar Abaya, um, Abaya challenges, says, If a non-Jew dies on Shabbos, how can you say there's kleich eitzel yofos? We learned a few pages ago that if the non-Jew dies, the other... Um, um, the bitul rishus still works. Um, if a non-Jew dies in a courtyard, you can still do bitul rishus. But you can never say that they had intent to do bitul rishus from the outset because the non-Jew was alive. So there was no possibility of bitul rishus. So, so it must be... Um, what principle of Beishamah and Beis Hill are arguing? Again, the Beishamah say you can only do Bittu Rishus on Erev Shabbos, uh, before Shabbos, and Beis Hill say even on Shabbos. The Beishamah is every Bittu Rishus, Mikne Rishus, who Mikne Rishus of Beishamah also. Beishamah holds doing Bittu Rishus is acquiring property. It's a 
fully-fledged transaction, and you're not allowed to do a transaction on Shabbos. Basila holds, no, it's withdrawing your Rishus. And withdrawing, there's no problem with withdraw, with, there's no problem to withdraw your Rishus on Shabbos. I said, the Machlokas is actually not based on, is it like retroactively showing us that this is what the person wanted to do from the beginning? No, it's not to do with that. It's just got to do with, do we view it as a fully-fledged transaction, which would be Osir on Shabbos? Or is it only more like, basically, uh, I'll say, so withdrawing your rights. You're not acquiring rights. Other people aren't doing a Kenyan acquiring your rights. They're just disregarding their current rights. Okay, new Mishnah. Now, this Mishnah is regarding Shituf. Remember that we use the phrase Eruv Chatseros and Shituf Mavos. They're very, very similar. Eruv Chatseros is you have a few people living in one courtyard and they put they all put bread in one of the courtyards, in one of the houses, to, to say that that's their residence and therefore all the residence is from one house so they can carry in the courtyard. That's Eruv Chatseros. Another type of Eruv Chatseros is when you have two courtyards next to each other and you want to be carry from one to the other, like you and your neighbor have a doorway between and you want to carry. That's the other type of Eruv Chatseros. That's very similar to Shitufei Mavos. What's Shitufei Mavos? If you have the an, um, two Maboys and you want to be able to carry from one to the other. So you kind of make an Eruv. In one of the Chatseros you leave, as we'll see, generally wine or oil or something like that. And from everyone, everyone puts some wine together, and that would be your shitufem avoras. We often also call it an eruv. Make an eruv in the mabui. Um, our cities are more along the lines of a shitufem avoras. You're joining a whole. We're basically saying you're joining a whole lot of alleys into one uh, one area that you're allowed to carry. Okay, so the Gemara. Sorry, yeah. just to. Can I just ask, just to clarify from that previous yeah. point, it probably comes in. If a bitchul rishus isn't done, yes. does that then nullify the eruve chatzeros? Yeah. You can't the eruve chatzeros isn't valid. That's yeah. not as underlying principle. Yeah, I mentioned yesterday, but this is like the key point at play with all with these uh, with these concepts. Remember, really, Doris, as soon as you have an area that's fenced in, it's rishus hayochid. And you can carry, and you can carry from one Rishus Hayochid to the another, to another. That's all Doraisa. The rabbis came along and said, how as soon as you have a change of, I don't want to call it ownership, but a change in rights of usage, I, it goes from your house into the common property of the complex, or you know, then or your house into your neighbor's house. As soon as you have a change of who's considered the residence, who has right to use that property, Chazal came along and made a Xera that you're not allowed to carry. So what that, what you have to do is make it all one Rishus, i.e. that it all has the same jurisdiction. All the rights of usage are the same. So that's what you you have to have. So if, if uh, all of, if so as you're changing the common property, you're either changing all the houses to common property or you want to change the common property to one to the common property of one house so that's what, that's theoretically what the Eruv Chatseros is doing is you're putting all your food your bread in one house which makes that your residence so who's who the residence of this courtyard only of that one house 
So it's one house with one chotzer. That's definitely fine to carry because you're not changing from one house to multiple to a chotzer, which has rights of usage of multiple people. When you're doing bitul reshus, is someone who wasn't part of the Arab. So you had four members of the complex who did the Arab. The fourth person who ran late on Friday forgot to join. So he gives up his rights so that you still only have one, the reshus of those who are the Arab, and this guy has no rights. That would basically be the, the point of it. So that's what you're trying to do, is always make it of one uh, unit. But he has to renounce his rights, so then he can only renounce it on Shabbos, after the fact. Well, so, I mean, obviously he can do bitter Rishus before Shabbos. If he doesn't need to carry or something, then no, he can no, do bitter Rishus no. before Shabbos. The Machlokets by Shammai and Basil is, can he even do it on Shabbos? Generally, okay. yo, as I said, according to us, if it's before Shabbos, then you'd most likely do the Arab. Like you, that's what you were thinking. That's what, yes. that's generally what you would yes. do. But if it's on Shabbos, then, so that's, that is, I think, Beis Hillel would make more sense from that aspect of, if he can do Bitterishus, why is he not doing Eruv? But uh, that, that is the Machlokes Beis Shammai Beis Hillel. Okay, back to Shituf, to regarding Shituf Mavot. It says, What happens if you had two neighbors, I had two different Chatseros, and they were po business partners? I not shituf as in they've joined them up, but together they were business partners. They both owned one in partnership. They don't need to make another Eruv. The one that they own in partnership is can function as their Eruv, as their shituf. However, if they're partners, but the one owns the one and the other owns the oil, they need to make another Eruv. The Gemara will explain what's going on. And Rabbi Shimon Omer, No, in both cases, they don't need to make another Eruv. So Omar Rav, Rav explained, This that we said, if you have two partners who own, who own one in partnership, that can function as the Eruv, that's where the one's in one barrel, in one kli. Omar Rava, Daikan Amidektani, Rava says we can actually deduce this from the language of the Mishnah because it says, If the one is wine and the one is oil, then you need to make another Eruv. Now, if you say the Reisha is talking where the wine's in one kli, it's both of their wine, but it's in one barrel of wine, then but, and that's why you can make the Eruv. And the safer with the wine and the oil is telling us that it's in two different Kalim. Shapir, it makes a lot of sense. Eloyom, my Reisha, Bishnei Kalim, the safer Bishnei Kalim, Mali Yain Vayayin, Mali Yain Vashemen. If the Reisha is talking about the two different barrels of wine, one belonging to the one partner and the other belonging to the other partner, or two different barrels, one of wine, one of oil, what's the difference? What's in the barrel? So it must be when it says wine and wine versus wine and oil, is the wine is in one barrel. And the other one is not. The Chirush, one of the novelties of this Mishnah, is they didn't generally, what would you do, what would be the common way to make an Eruv? One person, you get your child to run around on Friday afternoon with a basket or with a jug, collect a barrel collecting wine from each person, each Chotzer, or collecting bread from each house to make, to join the Eruv. That's what you would generally do. Here, they happen to be business partners. They happen to have some of their re some of their food in their partnership in one barrel and even though they didn't collect that as an Eruv it is still good as it's still effective as an Eruv 
says, no, it's not necessarily because it's in one kli. That's why you can use the wine as your Eruv. It's because theoretically you could take two jugs of wine and mix them together. Whereas wine and oil, it's very unlikely that the person's going to want to mix them together. So interestingly, um, Rav and Rava say, what's the key fact of our mission? Why does it work? Wine and wine is because it's in one kli. They're each of them owned one and it's in joined together so that can count as the arrow but as soon as it's in two different kalim it doesn't work the buyer says no as soon as it's something that you would likely put in one clear it's good enough okay rabbi shimon Eimer, Rabbi Shimon came along and said, No, in either case, you don't need to make a new Eruv. Are you telling me, Rabbi Shimon, that even if one of them owned the wine and one of them owned the oil, I see so you have one Chotzer opening to the Mabui and the guy owns wine and one Chotzer and the guy owns oil. You're telling me you can use that as the Eruv, Rabbi Shimon? That doesn't make sense. What, what Eruv, what combining have they done together? He says, Robert says, you're right. We've got to actually totally change how you understood Rabbi Shimon. We're dealing with the courtyard between two Mavos. Remember, their standard thing is we discussed the Mabui is the side alley and there are many different Chatseros opening onto the side alleys. What happens if between two Mabois, two side alleys, you have a house that opens into both of them? Ah, his front gate opens into the one Mabui and his back gate opens into the other mabui now the question is those joint regarding joining those mabuis see um yeah so each mabui has a separate eruv or shituf remember shituf is the word for eruv by a mabui so each mabui has a shit a separate shituf with this guy so the one mabui they made a shituf with oil and that's what this guy's Got in his chotzer, the oil that is part of the one mabui. The second mabui made a shituf with wine. That's the other barrel of wine that he has in his courtyard. Is the shituf with the eruv the on the other side. And he says, for Rabbi Shimon, the time, and this is actually Rabbi Shimon, according to his reasoning that we actually saw much earlier in the Masech, that it's none. Omer Rabbi Shimon, Lamat of a doimer, what's it similar to? The shalosh chatzeres psuchas, zulazul psuchas, rishus harabim. If you have three courtyards that each open into the rishus harabim, but they're doorways between them. Now, irvush taimachit soinim imayim soim, he muteres omehem, vahe muteres imo. If you have the two outer ones each, the two outer courtyards each make an eruv with the courtyard between them. They, he can carry into either of them, because he has an eruv with the one on his right and he has an eruv with his neighbor on his left, so he can carry into either of them. But they, the chitzoimus or they can't carry to each other because the person, um, unit number one, house number one, does not have an Eruv with house number three, so they can't carry into each other. So that's how he wants to learn. That's the same thing with these Mabuis. This person whose Chotzer is situated between the two Mabuis and he's part of the Eruv of each of them, he can carry into the one Mabui and he can carry into the other Mabui. But you would not be allowed to carry from one Mabui to the other Mabui. Um, Omer says, Abaya said to him, there it says that the, you can't say this Rabbi Shimon is the same as that Rabbi Shimon because there it tells us that the two outer ones are Osur. Here it says you don't need to make an Eruv which implies at all. Aye, it sounds like 
whatever case Rabbi Shimon is discussing here, it's 100% good enough. Whereas how we've just explained it really, that's not really good enough because the one Mabui can't carry to the other Mabui. They could carry to the, this house in the middle, or the, the house in the middle could carry into all of them, but they can't carry into each other. So how can you say it's good enough? It's not good enough. You still need to do something else to really be allowed to carry. So the Gemara says, no, my aim shrichim la'arev. So what did the Mishnah mean when it says you don't need to make an Eruv? Shechenim bahari balabayis. The same residents of the neighborhood don't have to make an Eruv with this Balabayas. So let me just... Um, Yeah, he says, what, no, he says, um, actually, when he says he doesn't need to make an Eruv, it actually means this person does not need to make an Eruv with However, the two out, the two Maboys, if they want to carry between each other, I, his neighbors want to carry, then they would have to do an Eruv. So he's kind of defended his way of learning Rabbi Shimon. Again, very interesting. We started off the Mishnah with the case of making a shituf in a mabui. I have two different, two chatseros opening into a mabui, and they want to join in an Eruv. And then we discussed, can they use, if they have one barrel of wine that they own in partnership, they can use it. Whereas um, if they have two different barrels of wine and oil, wine and wine, they couldn't comes along Rabbi Shimon and says, no, in other case, you don't need to make an Eruv. As we've just learned, it's actually not in other case, as we've mentioned. It's in other case, a completely different scenario. Again, here the scenario is with one Mabui, two Chatzay, two courtyards opening into the Mabui. Rabbi Shimon, as we've just explained to him, according to Rabba, I think it was, yeah, Rabba, was actually discussing a totally different scenario of where you have one chotzer between two mabuis, a chotzer that opens into both of them. Okay, that's Rabbi's way of learning. Rabbi Yosef, Omar Rabbi Yosef, gives a different way of learning Rabbi Shimon. He's actually going back on the original way we understood Rabbi Shimon, that we're dealing with two chatzeros opening into the mabui. Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri and and Rabbi Shimon and the Rabbonin are actually arguing in the same achloikes that we find Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri and the Rabbonin have. The Tanana, as we learned in a Mishnah, Shemen Chetzachal Kabayayin. If you have wine floating, oil floating on wine. Now the question we're going to go into is Tumah. Generally, if you would touch something, if you would touch any part of a liquid, all the liquid in that barrel would become Tumah. If a Tumah person would touch it. What happens if you touch oil that's on top of wine? Is it viewed as two separate items, therefore the oil becomes tome, which does not make the wine tome? Or is it one, since it's all liquid, even though the oil's floating at the top and the wine sunk to the bottom, since they're connected, if you touch the oil at the top, it's all one unit and it all becomes tome. So, shemen shetzafal kabayayin, if you have oil floating on top of wine, benogot full yom beshemen, and it full yom, a type of tumor touches the oil, loy posa elo shemen bilvad. He only invalidates the oil. Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri, chiburim Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri says they're one unit. Rabbonan karabbonan, Rabbi Shimon karabbi Yochanan ben Nuri. The rabbis of our Mishnah are like the rabbis of those Mishnah. Oil and wine are two distinct products. So even if you have the oil and the wine in one kli, 
they're considered separate and it's not an Eruv, it's not joined together and therefore it can't function for your Eruv, for your Shitufei Mavaz. According to Rabbi Shimon, no, he goes like Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri, that it's still one unit, even though it's the oil and the wine don't really mix. Since they're put in the barrel together, they're one unit and it's a good Eruv. Okay, now we're going to introduce a third opinion. So what have we seen so far? Let's keep it along the lines of discussing two chatseros opening into a mabui. We saw the first time I hold that if it's like wine and wine, two things that are mixed together, then it's a good Eruv. Again, they didn't put this wine together to make the Eruv. It just happened to be there because they're business partners. So it happened to be there, a barrel of wine that they both owned. Put together, that serves as the Eruv. Then we have um, Rebbe Shimon who said, oh, sorry, sorry. So if it's wine and wine, then it's good Eruv. If it's wine and oil, two things that don't mix, it's not a good Eruv. Rebbe Shimon came along and said, no, in both cases, it is a good Eruv. And now we're going to see a third opinion, the opposite. Tanya Rebbe Lazar ben Tudai, Rebbe Lazar ben Tudai said, Oimer echodze In both cases, they need to make a new Eruv. I just because you have two partners with a barrel of shared wine in the Chotzer, it's not good enough. Says, even in the case where it was both wine in a barrel. So, so now we're going to explain. Sorry, sorry, that's the question. You telling me you have two business partners, they each stay in a Chotzer that opens into a Mabui, they have a barrel of shared wine. You're telling me that that can't count as the Eruv? Why not? So Omar Rabbi Rab explained. If the different partners each come in with a jar of wine, a jug of wine and pour it into the barrel, either each separately poured from their own wine into this barrel that they own in partnership, everyone agrees that that serves as an Eruv. Again, even though they didn't do it as an Eruv, they just did it because they're business partners and they wanted to put some wine in a barrel together. Keep um, Pligi, but since they each took some of their own wine and poured it into the barrel, it's good enough. Keep Pligi, when do they argue? Where they bought a barrel of wine in partnership. Hold there is no Brera. And the Rabbonin hold that there is Brera. Aye, what happens here is when they bought wine in partnership, they didn't really have an Eruv of wine. They had an Eruv of money that they both, that their business owned, and then they bought wine. Now, when they've subsequently each drink some of that wine, can you say that they each own that wine? I retroactively, when they bought the barrel of wine, some of the wine belonged to the one member and some of the wine belonged to the other member. Or, by the fact that it was never ever clear that some of the wine belonged to the one and some of the wine belonged to the other, ain't braver, you can't say that they really each owned a part and therefore you can't really say that they each joined wine together to make an Eruv because the wine was never ever distinctly one of them. That's the Machloikas Rebbe Lezer and Rebbe Shimon. Yeah. So just where were we holding? That we brought a third opinion in the Brisa, and that is Rebbe Elazabeth to die. He, he said that if they have wine in a barrel in partnership, it's not good enough for the Eruv. 
And we said, why not? They've both put wine into a barrel. Why is it not good enough for the Eruv? So he's, Rabbi Yosef, Omar Rabbi Yosef says, they're actually arguing on whether you can rely on the shituf if you don't have an Eruv. Oh, let's clarify the statement. What's the difference between a shituf and an Eruv? So remember, an Eruv is joining different courtyards together. A shituf is joining all the courtyards to the Mabui to allow people to carry from their courtyards into the Mabui and from the Mabui into their courtyards. Now, if you didn't make an Eruv, but they made a shituf mavos, can you carry from your house into the courtyard? Or can you only carry from a courtyard into the Mabui? So, the Maris of our Ein Soimchim, Rebbe Lazar holds, you cannot rely on a Shituf, if there's no Eruv. That's why Rabbi Lezer says, this wine in the courtyard is for the Shituf. And therefore you still can't carry there from your house into the Chotzer, or from one Chotzer to the other Chotzer, because granted you have a Shituf, you don't have an Eruv. And the Rabbonin hold, you can rely on it. And now, Rav Yosef is going to bring his proof that this is actually what they're arguing. I, that Rabbi Lezer ben Tudai, must, must hold, not like we suggested earlier that it's got to do with Breira, can you tell who bought the wine at the time that some of it belonged to the one of owner and some of it belonged to the other? No, no, no. Rabbi Yosef says, I'm going to show you that clearly this is what they were arguing in. Again, can you rely, if you didn't make an Eruv, you didn't join the courtyards, can you carry between them if there's a Shituf? So, Mino Aminullah, the Omar Rabbi Yudama Rav, Rabbi Yehuda said in the name of Rav, Halacha Karebi Meya. The Halacha is like Rabbi Meya. We have Rav, Rav Yehuda said in the name of Rav, the halacha is like Rabbi Meir, and Rav Bruna said in the name of Rav, so both are in the name of Rav, that the halacha is like Rabbi Lazar ben Tudai. Now, what, we'll see Rabbi Meir very soon, but Rabbi Meir holds that you, a shituf does not work as an eruv. I, if you did Shitufei Mavos, you joined the Mabui together, you still can't carry from your house into the Chotzer, from one Chotzer to the other. So, Omar, now, my timer, what do we mean when we say that, when Rav said that Allah is like Rabbi Meir, and he said that Allah is like Rabbi Lazar meant to die? La Mishum, the Chad timer, it must be for the same reason. I, as we've just said, because you can't, an Eruv, even if you have a Shituf, you still need an Eruv. But if it's all for the same reason, if it's all to teach us this one point that we Paskin, that Rav Paskin strictly, that you need, even if you have a shituf, you still need an Eruv, why does he need to tell us both? What it's coming to teach us is that you don't necessarily have to follow both stringencies in a Ruvin. As we'll, we'll see Rabbi Meir very shortly, but basically to understand this, Rabbi Meir teaches two points, as we'll see. The first point is that if you made the, the shituf with one, it can't count for your Eruv as well. I, an Eruv has to be made of bread. I, joining Eruv and Chateris has to be with bread, and the shituf can be with one. If you make it with one, it can't serve as your Eruv. That's the one stringency Rabbi Meir said. The second stringency Rabbi Meir said is that, is our point, that even if you made the shituf out of bread, you still need to make an Eruv. Now, if we just had the Rav telling us the halachas like Rabbi Meir, we would have said, 
only in regards to the halacha that your Eruv has to be of bread. So comes along, he tells us that the halacha is like Rebbe, Elizabeth, to die, that you can't, that you need to make a separate shittuf and a separate Eruv. And then when he says the halacha is like Rebbe Meir, it's to build on that and say not only that, you can't make the Eruv out of one, the Eruv has to be out of bread. And let's see that. So that's, that's how Rabbi Yosef learns Rabbi Lazarus to die. Now we're just going to ask, what's the Rabbi Meir? Says, my Rabbi Meir, my Rabbonin. What's this Machlokes Rabbi Meir, the Rabbonin that we've just mentioned? The Tanya, as we learned in the Braiser, Ma'arvin b'chatzerus b'pas v'im orotzu la'arev b'yayin ein ma'arvin. If you're making an Eruv Chatzeris, you must use bread. And if you want to use wine, it's not a valid Eruv. Mishtatvim b'mabu b'yayin. You can make a shituf mavos with wine. V'imrotzu l'shtatev b'pas. Mishtatvim b'pas. Mishtatvim. If you want to use bread for your mabu, you can. Ma'arvim b'chatzeris u'mishtatvim b'mabu. Sh'loi lishkach toris Eruv minati tinoikos. Sh'yoymra avoseinu lo irvu divrei Rebbe Meir. Rabbi Meir says that up to years old, Rabbi Meir. But if you're making an Eruv in the Chotzer, you need to make a Shituf in the Mabui. And you can't also do it the other way around by making a Shituf and not an Eruv. Because then children won't forget about the concept of an Eruv. Because if they only ever saw their father make a Shituf, then they're going to think they're allowed to carry from one courtyard to the next without an Eruv. So even if you do a Shituf Mavos, you still have to do an Eruv. So that's where we see Rebbe Meir's two principles. First principle, Rebbe Meir said that an Eruv, okay, an Eruv Chateris, has to be done with bread and not wine. A Shittuf Mavos can be with either. And not only that, you have to do both an Eruv and a Shittuf. The Chachomim Oymrim Oyma Arvim Oymishtatvim The Chachomim come along and say you can either make it with an, do it with an Eruv or you can do a Shittuf. I obviously, if you didn't do a shituf, you wouldn't be allowed to carry in them. My boy, but I think at the moment the emphasis would be if you did a shituf, you don't have to do a maboy. It's almost in my mind, it's like if you build a fence around the maboy, which includes the chatseros, then obviously you don't have to build a fence around the courtyards. It's just already included. That's how I visualize it. I don't know if that's uh, technically accurate, but again, according to the Chachomim, if you made a shituf, you've joined all the Maboys together and the courtyards to the Maboy, well then, you don't need an Eruv Chatzeros, you don't need another Eruv to be able to carry between the courtyards, that's all in- included in the shituf. I guess anyway, yeah, I would say maybe better, maybe the Sephora is, because the shituf, what are you doing when you... When generally when you make an Eruv, so you join the people of the Chotzer together, then those people of the Chotzer have to join to the Mabui. So if you get, if you join the Mabui to the Chotzer, automatically all the people in the Chotzer are joined to the Mabui, so they've already combined themselves. So maybe that's the, that's a better way of explaining it. Okay, we'll leave it there for today, and tomorrow, I mean, we'll continue with the Machloikes in this discussion, but it seems to be a new point. Okay, we'll leave it there.